Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. My name is Okuyame Mensa. I also respond to Aqua and Ikya. I'm a certified executive and leadership coach, recognized facilitator, and former startup leader that loves supporting reluctant, firefighting, and overwhelmed leaders. I work with them to help them clarify where they should focus their time and energy each and every day so that they can love themselves, love their work, and ultimately love their life. If you're looking to learn leadership information and hear different perspectives, you are in the right place. My aim in this podcast is to help you see that one of the most productive and profitable things you can do is deeply understand yourself, understand how you show up, understand how you thrive, and then allow yourself to align everything in your work, in your life, and in your business to support that. Think of this podcast as your weekly opportunity to receive leadership support. And remember, there is no one right way to lead yourself or others. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Let's get started. Today, I'm bringing you another special guest. Her work has exposed me to so many new ideas, rituals, and wellness practices. Araba Afori is a writer, healer, and entrepreneur that moved back to Accra, Ghana about two years ago. She has several businesses and projects. All of them connect to her desire to allow Africans and Africans in the diaspora access to African-based wellness practices. If you want to connect with your heritage, ancestry, or make your way back to the African continent, then you need to listen to this podcast interview. In our conversation, we cover so many important topics, including recognizing and checking your privilege, even if you are Black or African. We also talk about African-centered wellness and how there are so many fear-based responses and reactions to things that aren't necessarily mainstream or dogmatic. Finally, we talk about the different ways in which you can support the development of the continent without having to physically move back. I'm super excited for you to take a listen to this episode. Let's get into it right now. Today, I'm joined by Araba Afori to talk about building a business in the diaspora focused on spiritual wellness. Araba, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yes. So for folks who are meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, I can. So um, I'm a healer, writer and entrepreneur based here in Accra, Ghana. As you can probably tell from my accent, I'm Ghanaian British and I moved back home about two and a half years ago. So I really... I I find it difficult to explain what I do because there's so many different moving parts. But basically, I feel that my purpose, at least right now, is to help Africans and diasporans connect with wellness and also to help our people um, realize how amazing we are, <laughs> basically. So realize realize our own potential and magic and beauty and power as individuals, but also as a people. That's absolutely amazing. And I know before we jumped on this recording, um, I was sharing a bit of my perspective about some of the amazing projects that you've worked on. Can you maybe share, you know, your favorite things that you're working on right now that you think is able to contribute to like supporting others and, and sort of, yeah, creating this space for people to really recognize that we have something 
um, to share with the world? Yes. Okay. So all my different projects are like my children. So I can't say that there's a favorite, but um, the one that's coming to mind straight away, which is super exciting at the moment, is an organization called Buy Black Ghana. I run it with a co-founder, Ajewa. And our mission is to shape and showcase Ghana's best Black-owned businesses. So for some people, this sounds like something that's unnecessary because obviously Ghana is a Black country. So why do you have a Buying Black initiative in a Black country? But actually, Ghana is one of those places where, especially in, I guess, kind of the middle class and in the diaspora circle, if you just buy things and spend money and shop just normally without thinking, you will actually end up spending a lot of your money on foreign owned brands. Um, or even if they are Ghanaian, they're not necessarily black Ghanaian. So it seems like it's not a problem, but it actually really is a problem, especially because a lot of these brands, which are owned by, um, often Europeans, um, but owned by Westerners, really look like they're black owned like when you look at their marketing even the name of the business they whether intentionally or unintentionally they really position themselves as black owned businesses so buy black ghana is just about first of all um providing support to some of the founders uh, that could be through marketing um support through coaching through including them on our campaigns, but also actually showcasing these incredible brands that we have, not just here in Ghana, but also showing them to the diaspora because there's definitely a perception that products made on the continent or businesses run by Ghanaians are of a lower quality than things that come from outside of the continent. So it's really important for us to both support the business owners, but also showcase their incredible products all over the world. Oh my gosh, I love that. And it actually reminded me because I feel like this particular project really does combine the different lives that you've had, right? Because I believe you started mm. off with the branding and then you moved more into the wellness space. Can you share a little bit more of your journey to to Accra and sort of how you bring in all these different parts of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. It really does combine basically all my lives that I've had. Um, so I started in the corporate world in sales and marketing um, in the UK in London. And I had kind of a range of roles varying from, um, you know, outright sales and business development to kind of more creative marketing. I also was doing a bit of side hustling when I was in the UK. Um, so I did some freelance writing, freelance social media management. And then in 2017, I trained as a yoga teacher. Um, and that was something that I came to from going through my own wellness journey where I had struggled with really poor mental health and things that had helped me to get to a place where I was feeling more centered were yoga, um, but also talking therapy and um, reading the stories of other people who had experienced depression like me, who had experienced anxiety like me and still were able to overcome. So those things really helped me. And then I decided that I wanted to help other people with those exact same things. So I went to India, I trained to become a yoga teacher. 
Um, I also, I had already been blogging, um, but up until that point, I had been blogging about, you know, London career girl stuff, <laughs> which restaurants to eat at, which gyms to go to. Um, so I changed my blogging and started writing about mental health and well-being instead. And I also, a year later, trained to be a well-being coach. So all of those things kind of came together. At first, I stayed in the corporate and then did these things on the side, on weekends, evenings. And as I was going on this wellness journey, I was also having an adjacent journey with my identity and my heritage. And I I had this realization that Especially, you know, being a black girl in London and for me finding myself in majority white spaces, I had this realization that I had actually really been kind of disowning my culture and my heritage. And that part of this journey to wellness was also a journey to embrace those sides of me and to reconnect with my heritage, reconnect with my culture. So as I started to do that, then the two started to blend where I was thinking, okay, so I'm on this wellness journey. I've been to India to train as a yoga teacher here in London. I can go to a Buddhist center. I can um, go to a shamanic dance ceremony. I can see a, a doctor of Ayurveda. Where's the African stuff? You know, where's the mm-hmm. stuff that my ancestors did? Um, and it was at that point that I kind of had this calling to come back home. But at that time, I thought that calling was for me to come and travel around Africa. So I, I came, I quit my job. I saved up a little bit of money, nowhere near enough, as I later found out. And I went to Senegal. I went to Gambia. I came to Ghana, planning to stay here for a few months and then go over to East Africa. And then literally, like, pretty much as soon as I got here, I realized, oh, okay, no, this is what my ancestors wanted for me. They wanted me to actually come home as into Ghana and to stay here. So I did. And <laughs> now, just over two years later, I'm still here. And everything seems to be working out because I guess this is where my ancestors wanted me. I love that. So really just sort of tuning into that intuition and really trusting that this is the right space for you. Do you, you know, looking Mm -hmm. back, you know, do you have any advice for people maybe who are going through something similar and sort of want to Mm -hmm. be connected? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there is right now a real uh, push to return home physically um, you know, by coming to Ghana or another African country for those people who live in the diaspora. And while this is important, I think it's not necessarily for everyone and it's not necessarily the only way to come home. So I think we have to recognize that coming home can also be spiritual, emotional, mental. It doesn't just have to be physical. So if you are in the UK or the US or wherever, and you're wanting to reconnect, but you can't make it to the continent. There are so many other ways to do that. You know, we're really lucky that in this age, people are creating a lot of content and sharing it. Um, and it's coming direct from individuals rather than through a few media houses. So, you know, through social media, you can connect with people on the continent. 
You can connect with content creators. You can learn how to cook your local foods. You can learn your local language. You can learn about different wellness practices. You can learn about the spirituality. Um, you know, you can read books and papers on these things. But also a lot of what we do as Africans is about community. So coming home could also be about connecting with your community um, of fellow Africans in wherever it is that you live and supporting each other in life, but also in growth and in reconnecting with your heritage. So I think it's just really important for people to know that literally getting on a plane and coming to Ghana or anywhere else in Africa is not the only way to reconnect because it's a privilege. It's a huge privilege to be able to travel and it's a huge privilege to be able to just move your life somewhere else. Yeah. And like you said, it's also not not very easy necessarily as well. Yeah. What do you think have been some of the most interesting things that you've learned about yourself now that you've been in Ghana for about two years? Mm, okay. I think the biggest thing I had to contend with when I first got here was my privilege. And that was actually difficult because, again, you know, being a Black British female, you've you know, you're in a situation in the UK where you're not usually the most privileged person in the room. And then so coming to Ghana, especially because, you know, I did live here for a few years as a child, really not that long. But at the time, I felt like it really made me different from people who had never lived here. But I only lived here from age 10 to 14. So like, I really needed to just sit down. But yeah, I really felt like, oh, but I'm Ghanaian, like, I'm not any different from anyone who's lived here all their life. Like, I don't know why people are treating me like I'm different. And whilst there is a piece around us needing to uh, close this gap between diaspora, returnees, locals, all these different pockets that we've created... Equally, I think those of us returning need to check our privilege because I can have access to certain things that another Ghanaian won't be able to simply because of how I talk or because of my experiences in the UK. Um, I might have a different approach to certain things that might get me a little bit further ahead than someone who's been here their whole life. So I think it's really recognizing that we have this privilege and learning to check it whilst we're here and trying not to have so much of a chip on our shoulder as like, oh, but I'm just as Ghanaian as this person, so why am I treated differently? Um, so yeah, I think that was one of the biggest lessons I had to learn that, okay, actually I am different in these ways and these are the things I can do to not... Um, not abuse that difference or that privilege and to try and um, adapt myself to the new environment that I find myself in. I know you can't see me, but I am nodding my head because a lot of what you share really <laughs> resonates. And I agree. And, you know, yeah. this is something that I have conversations with my clients with and other people. But that first mm -hmm. step of recognizing, very similar to you, right? Because I get asked a lot, like, where do you get your accent, right? Recognizing mm. that, yeah, my accent does give me access to certain um, the fact that yeah. I also have another passport also, right? Open right. may yeah. not open the same doors for others. So really, you know, checking my privilege, making sure that I, you know, I recognize that there is something 
there's a bit of a different dynamic here, I think is key. Mm. And I continue um, to think a lot about as well with my work. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And in terms of, of thinking about some of the work that you do around like wellness and around spirituality, has that been something that's been easily accepted? What have you found uh, or what have you learned, I guess, about trying to build a business mm. in that space? Yeah. So uh, it's been an interesting journey. I, again, I think I was really naive when I first got here because I was like, okay, I want to learn about African wellness. So I'm going to be in Ghana and it's going to be super easy to find all this information that I couldn't find in the UK. Um, but of course, you know, Ghana is a very, very dogmatic country. And also, um, you know, there's a lot of stigma and taboo about things that are seen as different or seen as um, being related to our traditional religions um, and also things that are seen to be basically not Christian or Islam, you know. So when I first got here, first of all, I found it really difficult to find anyone to have a conversation with about our traditional religion. You know, I was kind of shut down on every conversation um because obviously I wasn't speaking to the the right people but um it was difficult at first but I think I just had to learn that just like everything it really depends on who you're speaking to and you have to speak to the right people and to do that you yourself have to be in the right headspace and the right energy so that you're attracting the people Mm -hmm. who are going to be your teachers um So there was definitely that bit, but then also being a yoga teacher um, and teaching meditation, these are two other things that are somewhat feared um, by not everyone. I would say maybe by um, the general population, I would, yeah, I think that would Mm -hmm. be fair to say. And seen as devil worship, basically. So, you know, when I first got here, my aunt told me, don't put the word yoga on any of your posters, just say stretching, because otherwise people will think that you are basically like a heathen. (laughs) So um, I didn't take that advice because I wanted to say yoga because I know that there are people who have been interested in it, but been scared to pursue it Mm -hmm. because of some of these misconceptions. So my plan of attack was to, yes, do yoga classes, meditation classes and things like that, but then also insert myself in situations where people haven't necessarily signed up for yoga or meditation, but then because I'm there, they're now forced to have a conversation about it. So that's through, you know, attending other people's events. Um, yeah, basically through attending other people's events and um, putting myself like in a gym situation, for example. So people who wouldn't actively seek out yoga or meditation would find themselves in the space to have that conversation. And this is something that I've definitely noticed a change around since I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say when I first arrived, the most conversations I was having about it was with people who were kind of interested, but knew they weren't going to change their mind. Um, whereas now I feel like so many people, especially the younger people, 
so many people are questioning the things that they've been taught by their elders and the fear that they've been taught by their elders. And they're wanting to make up their own mind about things. So people are much more open to yoga and meditation and just wellness in general. You know, there seems to be a, a movement towards self-improvement that I think coincides with the current movement that we're having um, towards improving our country and improving our community. And I think people are recognizing that part of that work is improving yourself and your personal well-being. So I've definitely seen that the wellness aspect become more and more accepted since I got here. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for sort of sharing that journey that you've had to go through to even build a community of people who, who are excited to work with you and are excited to invest in your services. And, you know, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are now open to thinking about things from different perspectives or looking at different perspectives yeah. and really recognizing that there really might be more than one right way, right, to lead their life, right. one right way to do something. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And I think part of it is also, I think at first, again, when I first got here, I think I was, because of where I was in my own journey, I think I was like trying to fight against Christianity a little bit because Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't understand why you're worshiping the God that was used to enslave us. Um, again, coming with my Western mindset and blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas now it's much more, I think we need to, we need to be more open to blending, um, blending our traditions, blending our beliefs, blending our practices. The world is just not black and white. So I think now my focus is much more on, um, I I am not one for dogma at all. So my focus is much more on how you can use all of these practices, no matter what your religious beliefs are, because at the end of the day, meditation is a tool. Yoga is a tool. um, Breathing exercises are a tool. Tarot is a tool. Oracle is a tool. All of these things are a tool which should be available for anyone, no matter who they worship, no matter how they worship, they can find a way to incorporate that into their wellness or spiritual practice in a way that feels right for them, in a way that feels comfortable and authentic and aligns with their present beliefs. I think that's great. And I think you're touching on something that I also very much believe and I think is at the heart of my own practice, really recognizing that there is no one size fits all. And I think Mm. that conversation has really come from, you know, like you've mentioned this idea of dogma to really being a little bit more nuanced. And like you said, recognizing that everything doesn't work for everybody and, and really Mm -hmm. just being focused on like picking what works best for you. And, and for me, the way I've seen is that if you're able to show up as your best self, I think the community is better off at the end of the day, right? We all are better off. We all feel good about ourselves and we all can show up authentically. I don't think that there's any negative elements to feeling good about yourself and understanding Mm. what works for you. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think a lot of it comes down to you just have to try things. You have to have your own personal experience. Um, You know, not everything can be understood from books or from speaking to someone else. We just have to recognize that it's okay to try something try something new and see how it works for us. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But 
if you don't know and you're just basing it off other people's experiences or um you know what other people have said about the practice then you're just doing yourself a disservice really agree yeah and you really might be missing out on something um that can really help yeah. you get to where you want to go right or how you mm-hmm. define success so what is next for you what are you excited about for you know going into the end of this year into next year yeah so i am really excited that i just got a publishing deal Um, so I'm going to be publishing a book on African centered wellness, which I am just, I'm so thrilled about because like I said, when I was in London, I had this moment of like, okay, I want to practice wellness and spirituality in a way that aligns with what my ancestors did. And it was difficult to find the information on that, but there were a few books that really, really helped me really opened my eyes um, but it was just a handful of books. You know, if I want to find a book on Eastern tradition, I have endless choice. You know, if I want to find a book on, um, yoga, Ayurveda, Buddhism, uh, but also even more and more kind of, um, you know, American shamanism, there's more and more books coming out about that as well. Um, so, yeah, that I definitely felt that there was space for there to be more written about African-centered wellness. And also those books that were written, I think they are, I think they are for people who are a little bit further down the journey into really wanting to transform their wellness and spiritual practice into an African-centered one. And I think for some people who, again, maybe they're Christian or Muslim or any other of the major religions, but they still want to do something that connects with their heritage, you know, they won't necessarily want to read a book about voodoo, for example, or even about Yoruba religion. That might be a little bit too deep into the African religion for them. So the book that I'm planning to write is, it's not focused on a specific religion. Um, and it's more about, you know, it's about wellness. It's about the wellness practices that we can do and the approach that we can have to wellness that is centered on us as Africans and the many different ways it's possible to be African. There's so many different ways to be African. Um, but also on, you know, some of the ancient African worldviews. So I'm super excited about this book. I, yeah. And I'm just so honored that my ancestors have chosen me to bring it into this world and that I have got a publisher. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yes. And congratulations again on that. I'm really excited to, to also yeah, see what you've written. And it's been, I think, really exciting for me, honestly, to see the things that you come out with and the products you come out with, because I sort of feel like I am learning as you learn. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, for sharing that. And where can people find out a bit more about you online? Yeah. So the best place is my Instagram page. So my handle is at araba.ofori. That's araba, A-R-A-B-A dot ofori, O-F-O-R-I. So if you go to my Instagram, pretty much it will direct you to any other place where there's information, but that's, that's kind of my main place. Perfect. We'll also make sure that gets in the show notes. 
But thank you so much, Araba, for joining me today and sort of sharing your perspective and your journey. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your friends. We can continue this conversation on social media. The links to my socials, so that is LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find them in the show notes. If you tag me in a story and include the hashtag, hashtag AskAkua, I will share a special little gift with you. Thank you so much once again for your time, and I cannot wait to share my next episode with you. Stay safe and sane.